You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. Now, someone I enjoy speaking to uh, more often than not is the independent energy analyst, Chris Yelland. But it seems every time we speak, it's never about good things. And he joins me now on the line to take a look at the latest developments out of the electricity ministry or the and or the Ministry of Mineral Resources and Energy. Good evening, Chris. Thanks, as always, for the time. Um, every time we have a conversation, it's it never seems to, to make much sense to uh, South Africans. I mean, you and I are constantly looking at uh, the ups and downs and the chopping and changing of the government. And now the latest thing is nuclear is back in the fold. In 2019, in the integrated resource plan, it was there. In the updated plan in 2023, it wasn't there as much. Gas was there but now the minister says it's there again what's happening what's going on well look there are a lot of good things happening in electricity but uh, nuclear is not one of them <laughs> and uh, and nor, nor is coal i mean uh, coal as you know is proving to be extremely unpredictable and intermittent and in fact far more unpredictable than the sun that rises every day and we can predict wind uh, resources uh, very accurately a week ahead but what we cannot predict (laughs) and it's completely intermittent and random is uh, the intermittent uh, breakdowns and failures of generation units that uh, cause massive power swings you know 600 to 700 megawatts at a time Uh, resulting in the current load shedding that we're experiencing today. But there are good things happening. Uh, But as I say, nuclear and coal are not one of them. Mm. Chris, last time we spoke, we we delved into this in quite a bit of detail to say that solar and renewables are there. They're there now. They're available now. They should be looked at now. And now it seems as though they keep getting pushed back and to that extent, we now have to contend with four years of load shedding in line with this new integrated resource plan. Um, but you've done some research and a couple of other guys have done some research and you say that we can actually end load shedding in two years instead of four. So why aren't we going with that option? Now, look, uh, as, I, as you say, and as I've said, uh, right now, the only game in town is wind and solar PV and battery energy storage. Those are contracts and orders that are being placed right now. They're being done in the public sector, and they're being done on a a very significant scale in the private sector, uh, both for self-generation at rooftop uh, solar PV, battery energy storage for for residential, commercial, uh, and agricultural installations, as well as larger installations for the wheeling of power and the trading of power, uh, you know, from... uh, generators that are off-site on a different site to the uh, the user the user of electricity and the, the power is wheeled through the grid uh, so these are happening now and these are the solutions that are being delivered as we speak what is not being delivered as we speak is nuclear power which is going to take according to the draft IRP at least another 10 to 15 years mm, mm. and a new coal well, there is talk of what is known as clean coal, but it's not even on the horizon. There's also talk of small modular reactors, but they're not available. They're not commercially available. Nobody knows what the price is. You cannot go out and procure one uh, because they're not developed. They're not licensed. They're not proven. Uh, and, and, and so uh, one's left with the only games in town, which are solar PV, wind, and battery energy storage, 
and gas to power. Mm. And uh, and those should not be under measure. They are being they are delivering as we speak. Chris, let's focus on this nuclear conversation because I mean the 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 program has been launched and we expect that something's going to happen here. We also know that the DMRE is also going to be responsible for procurement in this respect. And that brings up a whole new set of questions around who's actually procuring. Is it the DMRE? Is it the Ministry of Electricity? Are they working together? Is there a separation of powers and all those other uh, fancy things that we have to think about there? But who's the front runner in the nuclear space? Are we going to go back to Russia and get assistance from them? Because we know on the gas side, the front runner seems to to be car powership and the Turkish um, outfit there. Who's the front runner in Europe? No, no, no. I, I, I must stop you. Uh, you know, car powership is most certainly not the front runner in gas. In fact, uh, only a couple of weeks ago, Eskom announced that as a result of them not meeting their financial close uh, by about the, the fourth extension of their deadline, uh, Eskom has now removed their grid access. It is no longer available to car power ship and the car power ship if they want to proceed will have to apply again for grid access and it will have to join the queue along with others who are in the queue uh, so uh, if for the time being at least uh, car power ship is actually off the table in gas but uh, your question also related to to nuclear and where things stand uh, there the first thing to to note is that the procurement process hasn't started yet there isn't a request for proposals out yet, and uh, it may be some time before it comes out, if ever, uh, because there are already uh, some legal challenges lining up. Uh, but be that as it may, uh, the, 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 the nuclear countries of the world today, as things stand, uh, are firstly the United States, although the U.S. is really... Uh, declining in its nuclear uh, fleet and um, uh, is no longer really the front row, certainly in terms of price. Uh, and then, uh, of course, there's the French, who have a very significant nuclear fleet, uh, but they're experiencing massive problems on the fleet itself. They're also experiencing financial difficulties within EDF, uh, who is the, uh, the owner and the builder of the new fleet. And they're also experiencing massive of cost and time overruns uh, in a number of uh, nuclear power plants that they're building, and specifically I'm talking about the United Kingdom, the UK, Hinkley, Hinkley B uh, power station, huge problems, massive cost and time overruns. Then uh, we get to uh, the Russians, uh, who are probably the biggest exporter of nuclear technology in the world today. They have got some plants under construction, uh, for example, in, in Egypt and elsewhere. Uh, and they are, of course, as the leading exporter of nuclear technology, they're in the running. But, you know, Russia is a pariah state at the moment. Uh, there are sanctions and restrictions. Uh, and I'm not sure that countries now really would like to uh, have a partner in uh, as Russia because of, of, of their pariah status in the world at the moment. But uh, then, of course, I think are the, the probably the two more leading uh, or, or likely options, and that is China. China is a major nuclear constructor in China, but they have never built a nuclear power station outside of China. Uh, and, uh, and so they, it's somewhat unknown as to how they will perform. Uh, and uh, operating in China is not the same as operating in South Africa. 
uh, in terms of labor uh, relations, in terms of the regulatory environment, uh, etc. And that also then leaves Korea. South Korea has built, uh, you know, some reactors in the Middle East. Uh, they were built uh, relatively on time and on budget. Uh, and I think they're a, a, a contender, shall we say. Uh, but whether the nuclear build in South Africa will happen or not is still a very open question. Uh, we don't know the price. You, you talked about the, the procurement models. It's completely uncertain who will build it, who will own it, who will operate it, and the business model uh, by which this nuclear power will be procured is still an open and unknown question. Uh, and it may not ever happen because... In 2008, there was a nuclear uh, procurement. It went out. They got prices. They even announced preferred bidders. And in the end, it didn't happen uh, because it was it proved to be unaffordable. And the same thing happened with the uh, IRP 2010. 9,600 megawatts was in the IRP. It was in the IRP. It never happened. Uh, a court judgment in Cape Town ruled that the procurement that was started was unprocedural, was unlawful and unconstitutional, and it was set aside. And that could easily happen again. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that and see if Kuburg does indeed receive uh, a sister plant in the near future. Well, near future could be 10 years away, but we'll leave it at that for now, Chris. Thanks so much, uh, as always, for your insights. That's Chris Yelland, Independent Energy Analyst, on the latest pronouncement by the Minister of Electricity that they would be looking at 2,500 megawatts of nuclear in the near future. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast. Uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.